Blog Talk Radio. Today we have special guests in the building, CEO of the Voice of Your Customer, Crystal Kendrick. She's in the building. Everybody that knows JT, y'all know definitely I'm a Temple University alumni, so y'all know how I do it. I get it in. I bring in the smartest people in the building. We're going to do what we do today. Hey, I want to thank everybody for listening in to the show. Y'all know we kick off our, kicked off our podcast season yesterday with the Monday morning quarterback show. So we enjoyed everybody uh, that tuned in. We had people all over the country listening to us. Shout out to Long Island, New York. Uh, man, we had a lot of people out there that sent a lot of uh, a lot of Facebook and a lot of Twitter feeds. We got a lot of uh, comments and, and DMs from people out there. So big shout out to everybody out there. Uh, on today's show, we're talking about the impact of women on the NFL. We brought an expert in the building. We'll have her in in just one moment. I want to thank everybody. Again, for listening in, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Rank Top 5 Sports. You can go to Facebook and like our Facebook page, Rank Top 5 Sports Talk Network. Shout out to my Chicago group, Rank Top 5 Sports Chicago 24-7. Uh, got a lot of women in that group, and they are very opinionated. And so this show is specifically for them and, and some of the guys in the group that, that really need to, to have a basic understanding as to what's going on as far as uh, – women and, and what goes on in the sports. So this should be an interesting uh, show today. If you want to call into the show, we at 1-646-478-035. Make sure you hit us up if you want to comment uh, or just talk uh, to to, uh, to our guest today. Just interesting, just a couple of things in sports. And I, and I always like to, to kind of start the show off talking about things that make – you know, sense. And and yesterday, there's this big thing about RG3 and comments that he made about uh, being, he thinks he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And most people know Washington Redskins quarterback, you know, Robert Griffin III. And, and let me just say this to you. For those people who never played sports, and a lot of people were ripping into him, oh, how can you believe he's the best? If I were his coach and I did not think that he believed he was the best, I would not want him playing on my team. Always want guys who think they're number one. And even the worst guy on the team is going to think he's the best. No man is not going to think that he's not the best. So it's common sense that I want a guy like RG3 on my team, even though he struggled in the past few years, I want a guy that believes he's number one. So, you know what, a lot of people made a lot to do about nothing. I'm like, okay, why is that even news today? He responded to a question that was asked to him, and there was more of a lengthy conversation that went on that a lot of people really didn't hear. So I kind of, you know, I kind of balk at stuff like that from time to time when I hear people say those things. I mean, let's just keep it real, man. The guy's supposed to believe he's the best. If he doesn't, shouldn't be on the team. The other uh, topic that I want to talk about, issue with um, James Harrison, Pittsburgh Steel linebacker, former linebacker, actually for Cincinnati Bengals. So we got Chris in the building. I, I know she's not going to talk about that, but here's a guy who didn't feel his children should have gotten participation supposed to be. And that's a huge thing that's going on today. People don't want to give, don't want to accept participation trophies. Some people do want to accept participation trophies when their kids participate in sporting events and different things like that. He didn't want that. He wanted his kids to give those trophies back because he felt like they weren't achieving enough. And I have my views on it. 
But then I know some other reasons why those things exist. So I'm really not going to go into detail about it, but I'll just say this. To each his own in that particular situation. I personally like for my kids to earn things. So I wouldn't necessarily want them to get a trophy just for participation because then it's this sense of entitlement. I show up, therefore I should just get it, achieving and earning. So it's a whole different, you know, uh, makeup as far as that's concerned. And so we're gonna, I'm going to leave that there. But before I get to it, I got my man Pete Coop in the building, Bulldog Sports. Let me see. Let me get Pete Coop up in the building. Pete Coop. Hey, what's up, JC? What's going on, man? Man, you know what? And I know we had some heated discussions. Of course, we got special guests in the building. You, I know you remember Crystal, who was with us last year, uh, bringing the noise, man, straight out of Cincinnati. And my temple is uh-huh. massive. You know, you know, Temple makes the world takes, baby. That's just how it happens. But, uh, yeah, man, of course I remember Crystal, Crystal man. Yeah. yeah, I remember Crystal, JT. Okay. okay. Talk to me about the yes. participation trophies, man, because I know you have some strong views on it. Uh, well, I don't know if they were strong views, but I do have definite views about it. I mean, um, uh, everybody wants to be included. I mean, I remember when uh, when I was a kid, you know, you get those uh, little certificates, man. But, um, you know, for wrestling, you get those little uh, things to give you the little first place, second place, third place, little pin that you put on, you know, and, you know, they give you a little piece of paper. That's cool and all, you know. Uh, but I had the I had the MVP trophy. The trophy was mine because I was the MVP. I was the most valuable trophy wrestler, and I, that was the first trophy I ever had, man. It was a sense of accomplishment that I had to earn that, and nobody else had that. It was mine. It was specific to me. You know what I'm saying? And and when and when you don't have it, uh, then you work to try and get it. But like the uh, I wanted the trophy for to be MVP for for flag football. But they gave it to you know the quarterback and, and the guy who played you know a lot of different positions. I was a lineman. I thought I was the best lineman on the team. But you know the the guy who was the quarterback who had the football in his hands all the time. He was the one who got you know all of the glory. So participation uh, trophies to me, man, is like something that stagnates a guy or, or a young man from developing into a potential great winner. Uh, it may make him have good self-esteem, but he might not have that great winning attitude that he definitely is going to have as um, a person who works and owns every trophy. And I say, you know, kudos to my man for giving it back. I know a lot of people disagree and somebody, you know, kid's self-esteem and, and all that, and that's not going to jar his self-esteem. You know what I'm saying? That's gonna that's gonna motivate that kid, hopefully, to to either uh, you know achieve the goal of earning the trophy, the MVP trophy, or the the championship trophy, or whatever trophy it may be, or it's gonna say to the kid, well, maybe I this ain't something that I really have enough drive to try and be the greatest in. Maybe I can go into a different area and try and have that same drive. You know, so. You know, she tries to just horn. I know you probably can hear my kids in the back. <laughs> uh, well, it, it sounds like you got a whole yeah. team over there going yourself. I know, man. I, I tried to go in, go in the room and close the door, but they just... They are who they are, man. But you know what? I, I just want to touch on that subject because that was a very... Uh, it, it was people were talking about it, and, and people were talking about it via social media. And I wanted to make sure that we got that point out today. And so before we brought on our guest, so uh, for those people out there that's listening again, we appreciate you for listening to our podcast. We kicked off our podcast season yesterday, and it's, it's been a pretty success. We had man, we had a lot of people listening in yesterday, and we got a lot of comments, a lot of feedback on our Monday morning quarterback show. So tomorrow we also have a show. We'll be broadcasting in the evening time, so it'll be. Really, really interesting uh, people to tune in uh, to tomorrow's show as well. It'll be at 10 a.m., 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. But 
without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring our guests in the building because I, I've been looking at the NFL lately, and there's a lot of things going on in regards to uh, how these guys situation in regards to women. And to me, it kind of seems like with what happened with Ray Rice last year and, and the domestic abuse, abuse situations that have happened with women, uh, that the NFL has, has really put an onus on trying to make sure that they capture that female audience. And so I want to bring Crystal in today to talk about some of the, uh, the issues that surrounding uh, the NFL and women and the economic impact and the marketing aspect of it as well. And, and I'll just lead into this and, and just give just a little bit of a background. Okay, she's been a guest on our show before, and she's, she's a supporter of Ranked Top 5 Sports uh, Network right here in Chicago. And um, Crystal, she's the president of the Voice of Your Customer. She has more than 25 years of global and domestic marketing expertise specifically targeting hard-to-reach, underserved, international, and niche populations. She holds BBA in marketing from Temple University, baby, way to go, go out, and an MBA in business administration from Northern Kentucky University. Crystal successfully completed the Minority Business Executive Training Program at Dartmouth College and the University of Wisconsin. The Voice of Your Customer is a marketing firm that assists clients to penetrate niche marks using assessments, focus groups, media campaigns, mystery observations, and survey research. Under her leadership, the Voice of Your Customer was named the NMSDC National Supplier of the Year and the Cincinnati PRSA Small Agency of the Year. Crystal currently serves on the board of the Northern Kentucky Foundation, Cincinnati Convention and Visitors Bureau, Cincinnati Library Foundation, and the Gwen Mooney Funeral Home. She's a Diamond Life member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated and a member of the Cincinnati Alumni Chapter. Crystal is also the national reporter for the late incorporated. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I got to bring one of the most dynamic women that I have contact with and that I really enjoy, and I'm so proud of her and the things that she's done. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Kendrick, she's in the building. Jeff, thank you so much. I am so excited when it's my annual visit to Rank Top 5 Sports. You know, I am a, a fan of sports and an advocate for what it does for individuals and our community and our cities. And um, I, I just get so excited. I tell my friends, today's the day. Today's the day I get to talk to Rank Top 5 Sports. So thank you so much for having me. Well, we're glad to have you. And um, it, it's actually a pleasure for us to have you here uh, today on our show. And, I, and, and the reason when, I, when this topic came across my mind, I initially thought about you because I said, you know, I, I wanted to talk about the, some of the recent things that have happened in the NFL in regards to, to females and, and women and, and with the Ray Rice situation where there was domestic abuse and, and it was so upfront in people's face they actually saw what happened with Ray Rice and, and how he did his wife and the NFL kind of dropped the ball initially but because the TMZs of the world they kind of exposed it and so the NFL really vamped on it and got all these women women groups together and, and tried to put a, uh, a stamp on it as quickly as possible but I wanted to come from uh, from from an economic and marketing impact what's your thoughts on the NFL and 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 how they view the, the woman as a customer? Well, the NFL, as our most professional um, sports associations, are looking at women as customers and, you know, as an extension of their product. For many, many years, 
Um, you know, the NFL and, and most sports shows saw men as their customers. Um, and I have to admit, I used to love to watch ESPN just because I thought you had the best commercials. But all of your commercials were targeted to men, um, shaving cream, uh, personal hygiene, cars, computers, business, a, a lot of exciting things. And when I would watch the women's shows, if you will, they were talking about domestic products and cakes and health care and how to take care of family. Um, but I think they're starting to merge. I, I would say that these sports teams, not only the association, the NFL itself, but each of the individual franchises are seeing women as people as, as persons who not only understand the game but want to support the game. So in years past, they've come out with uh, paraphernalia and attire that's cut for women, that's far more attractive uh, on a woman for, for us to wear those clothing. Um, they have changed the fan experience to be more engaging of both men and women. And most of the venues now are much more family-friendly and much more women-friendly. So you can go, ladies can go into most major sports arenas and probably almost all of the NFL stadiums in the country and find breastfeeding rooms and women's changing, baby changing areas and family rest, family style restrooms. And even the ladies restrooms no longer look so sterile. They're just a little bit more feminine with some mirrors and, you know, soap and lotion and things of that nature. And I think that the professional sports teams are yielding a profit and a benefit from that because we as women enjoy sports and we want to support our teams, my team especially, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and you know what's funny? I've uh, seen a lot of different changes, and, and, and especially, you know, when you go into uh, to a lot of stores in general, but definitely NFL stadiums or baseball stadiums, you see family locker rooms, you know, you see a lot of different things that, that kind of uh, promote a more uh, a more of a family environment that includes everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and you're definitely seeing it more with women now, you know, in sports. Even in the commercials, I mean, if I look, if you look at some of the commercials uh, on the NFL network, I mean, I, I sat there and watched uh, one of the training camp series. To me, all those commercials were targeted toward women, or at least a combination of male and female. And I'm like, okay, this is just this is interesting, you know, down to apparel, uh, down to you know food, and and, and just so many different uh, avenues. I don't think a lot of people are looking at that. And I'll go one even further. Uh, just looking at how the NFL is working with women and and and, and peewee football associations around the country. I mean, they have classes now. Mothers are learning the safeties of, of football, and so I think that's really, you know, bringing everything together. But it's more inclusive. And my man Pete Cooper is in the building. He's got some, some things going on in his area right now. But uh, we were talking about the viewership. And I don't know if you're going to touch on that, but I thought this was kind of startling that 55% of women watch football. We do. It's exciting. And even if you're, you don't completely understand the game, and even if you're not playing fantasy football or, you know, keeping track of the rankings throughout the country – it, it is a joy to support your home team. It is a joy to dress up and wear your colors. And now they have uh, attire with bling and hats that sparkle and all kinds of things that make supporting your team fun and exciting. And we tend to follow our players. Yeah, and so I think I, it's I think really, really exciting. And, and I will also tell you, you know, we spoke a moment ago about the NFL's you know, approach to domestic violence. And, you know, when, when it first happened, the NFL moved pretty slowly and, you know, they weren't really sure what they were going to do and how they were going to handle it. You know, it was all just a conversation until the sponsors were uncomfortable with it. You know, when the sponsors came back and said, you know, we're just a little uncomfortable with how you're handling this, that's when action happened. So the sponsors also know that women are watching and and seeing how they handle not only the issues but what happened you know not, not only what's happening on the field but how the NFL association handles issues that you know could affect women so if you think about yeah, it when it first happened 
you know, the NFL was thinking, they were reviewing the tapes, they had to think about it. When the sponsors, Coke and Pepsi and Budweiser and others said, you know, we're just not so comfortable with how you're handling it, didn't things go into action? And I, and I think that's when you saw most of the results happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, women are doing great things in the NFL. I, you know, we all know that we now have an, an assistant coach, right? And, you know, she walks in the room. When she walks in the room, she walks in for all women. And we are so proud of her. And we also have you know, an NFL official on the field. That makes a difference. It makes a difference, and that's attracting more women to follow the sport. I believe so, anyway. It brings more to the table. I mean, uh-huh. I, I was proud. And, and shout out to Bruce Arians, Temple University, uh, my coach while I was there. And, you know, for bringing in a woman to, to, to look at the game and to be able to coach football and having a woman official. I mean, I think you have to be inclusive with it. I mean, you have to include everybody in this process, and you just can't leave people out. And I, I love what you said about the sponsors, Chris. I mean, that's, that was crucial because Roger Goodell was about to let this whole thing just ride out until, you know, they put the stamp on it and say, hey, listen, we're going to pull out. Once you start pulling out that money, action happens. Action happens, doesn't it? <laughs> action happens. And it happens quickly. And, you know, I have some girlfriends, Jeff, who can talk a game of football with the best. You know, I can tell you what colors they wear. I can tell you what music they play. I can tell you if the game was fun. But I have some girlfriends out. You know, my girlfriend in Texas, Yolanda, I mean, she has the NFL ticket. She knows the the game, and she can talk that. And when she was upset about the domestic abuse situation, she actually, you know, called in and said something, and she she was knowledgeable about that. So, there, wow. you know, a, most, a lot of all women are not just watching it for the fun. There are some women out there who know what's going on with that sport and all sports. They have fantasy football. They, you know, plan their Sundays around games and, uh, you know, all other days of the week. I think football comes on four or five days of the week now. Um, yes, you know, they, they really are into this. And so I think the NFL and most major sports teams are smart to understand the role that women play in their sport and how these women can affect the direction of the sport not just on the field, not just in coaching, but, you know, Jeff, I just Googled the number of women who own sports teams, who own NFL teams. Now, that's some power there, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, it looks like we have more women in ownership roles in, in, the, in the professional leagues than we do in, in any other area. Right. So these women who are part owners or majority owners of these teams are setting direction in a far different way. I think we're going to see a well, different – I don't want to say a softer NFL. I think we're going to see a different NFL as as we move on to the next decade. Well, you know what's funny? I'm glad you said that because I, I, I will say this, and, and I don't want to sound uh, – you know, football has changed a lot. When I played, I mean, there's a little bit more barbaric in the sense where you hit somebody, you know, you could really get away with a lot of stuff that you can't really get with, get with it today. Um, but you want to keep the masculinity in the game because it is a man-dominated sport. I mean, men are on the field playing that game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you definitely want to keep that. So I'm glad you, you made that comment. But, you know, you have some – some people who, who really, and I just recently heard something about LeBron James said he didn't want his son to play football, and you hear a lot of parents now kind of pulling out of the game. But I'm seeing more women that are more involved in the men and are pulling out. Because I'll tell you, if you go to uh, my son, they play football on, on the weekends, and you see more women out there and women are engaged in the game, you see some fathers out there but the women are like, look, make that tackle, make that block, you know, catch that interception, catch that touchdown. And I'm sitting back like, the women are a little bit more, at times, more aggressive than the men are, <laughs> which is funny to me, you know. So, you know, as as I look at it, I look at how the landscape has changed because when I first started playing football, my mother didn't want me to do it. She was mm-hmm. like, nah, you're going to get hurt. 
play basketball, do something. I'm like, nah, something I like about football. But, you know, times have changed and, and attitudes are changing. So I don't know. We will we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, hey, people, you tuned in to the Rank Top 5 Sports Talk Network. I got my girl Crystal Kendrick in the building, CEO, president of The Voice of Your Customer. Definitely got to check her out. She's doing a lot of great things around the country, definitely in the Cincinnati area. Uh, I love going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a beautiful city. I, I usually try to get there every year for the uh, Western Southern Open tournament. Uh, I love going down. It's hot, though, boy. It's hot. Yeah, I was there Monday. It's, it's going on this week, and I was there Monday, yeah. and it was an awesome Oof. experience. And we hope that you and all of your listeners will find a way to visit Cincinnati, whether it's for our sports teams, our athletics. Um, you know, we have some, some good college. Uh, uh, not only do we have good professional venues, we just had Major League Baseball here, the All-Star Game. That was a really big deal for us. Right. This week we have the Western Southern Open. Um, Northern Kentucky University, where I went to graduate school, was just uh, – um, moved to Division One, and we have some awesome facilities, so there's some discussion about us getting some um, NCAA men's and women's basketball championship games being played here. Uh, University of Cincinnati is just renovating their um, uh, arena and their football stadium. In fact, they play Temple on September 12th, so you know we'll be there representing. And... Um, and you know, so there's some great things happening in our city, and uh, we are a, a good. We are a secret to many, but we hope that we won't remain a secret. We hope that you'll find a way to come out to Cincinnati. Ah, no doubt about that. Crystal, tell us a little bit about your company, because a lot of people want to know, and a lot of people need to know. Um, and, and I think it can be an inspiration to a lot of young people out here, and, and a lot of adults that's really trying to make some changes in their lives. Can you tell us your story? Sure. So, um, as you mentioned, I went to school for marketing. I worked in marketing for probably um, 15 years as as an employee of, a, of various corporations. I lived and worked both domestically and internationally for three years doing marketing, market research, and just really trying to um, improve our sales and marketing campaigns through engagement with our target audiences. And in 2007, I decided to try it on my own. It wasn't something that I had dreamed of. You know, Jeff, so many people dream of becoming entrepreneurs, and they, you know, start their business, and they launch with a business plan, and they go out and try to find clients. Um, and, and, and that wasn't my story. I never dreamed of becoming an entrepreneur. I thought I would retire as the vice president of customer service and marketing of a large corporation. Um, but that wasn't God's plan for me. Me. And so he presented opportunities. He, uh, people came to me and asked me to do some work for them. We started as a secret shopping business. And over the years, we have expanded to working with government agencies and corporations. We work with nonprofits, and we also work with locally owned businesses. We've been in business for eight years now. We have several team members who work with us. And um, we typically work on social marketing campaigns. These are campaigns that are designed to change behavior and to use data to drive better outcomes. So we are working uh, on projects to reduce infant mortality in the region. We're working on projects to help um, engage persons who are visually impaired to live a more independent life. We worked extensively to help people enroll in health care and to get covered um, through their options available through the Affordable Care Act. So we work really hard with, as you mentioned, disadvantaged or underserved or niche populations to ensure that they can take advantage of all of the, the opportunities that are available to them and not just a few select group of people. And kind of how we're talking about women in athletics and women in sports, you know, for many years, sports, for, for most of our lives and, and most of the centuries, sports were really for men. Um, that was kind of locker room conversation. And a lot of women weren't uh, uh, participants in there. 
But, you know, Jeff, as I think about what has happened just this year in sports and in, in women in sports, you know, we have the new assistant football coach. We have the new official. Um, you know, you can correct me on the proper terminology, but Serena Williams won 20 years of – you know, her her championships, and, and so that was a really big deal for her, for the African-American community, and for the sport in general. Of course, Missy Copeland became the principal dancer at the Cincinnati Ballet, and anyone who thinks that ballet is art, they're right, but ballet is a sport the way she performs it. Would you not agree? I, I definitely agree. No way I could stand on my toes and then do all that stretch and stuff. I mean, she do it is. When I was young, I definitely can't do it now. The U.S. Soccer, women's soccer team won the World Cup. Remember that? Yes. So, so women in athletics are doing their thing. And, and I really think a lot of the brands are jumping on board. There are three really big brands out today um, that, are, that are on these women's campaigns. Dove has the Choose Beautiful campaign. And I don't know how many millions of, of women have been inspired by being beautiful and being themselves. That includes athletics. Pantene has their Shine Strong campaign going right now. Again, I don't know how many millions of views, but they're telling women to, to shine strong. And always, the sanitary brand has the Like the Girl campaign, which is just taking off, and they're doing things like a girl. So, so this is the year of the woman. I think Time Magazine ought to put the woman on the front cover. The year of the American woman, because we are really seeking equality. We haven't reached equality, but we're getting there. And you know what, I, I, I'm going to say this, and, and I don't mean this is in, in any inflammatory type situation, but we do keep it real here on Ranking Outside Sports. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to say this, and, and I had issue with this, and, and a lot of people argue with me, and, and, and some people agree, some people disagree. And when you're talking about women, you're talking about equality, you're talking about women in sports and the impact of women, and I don't have a problem necessarily because with with the Bruce Jenner that turned to Caitlyn Jenner, and you have people, you you've had transgender people throughout life. There's been, mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, we had somebody who was transgender that lived on our block. You didn't see them as any different. You didn't, you know, laugh at them. It's just that person was was a man at one point that turned into or wanted to be or dress like a woman. But I had issues for the reasons that you just talked about with all the publicity that went towards uh, Bruce Jenner to the Cayman Jenner because women go through a lot in their daily life and in lifetime. And, and some of the things that you all have to endure and, and, and being discriminated against and, and being, you know, not paid equal to men, um, you know, and all that attention that went there, I'm like, you know what, we can put that energy someplace else because we got transgender people and we have courageous women out here that are doing some things. And we have courageous women out here that are being mothers. So, you know, when you put that kind of uh, attention to that, and I know it's a media spin, but I really had issue with that, only because of that. Transgender, you can be who you want, but the attention paid to that and, and, and what women go through on a daily basis, I didn't really think it, it equated, you know, together. And, and that was just my view. And, and I wanted to put that out there because when you, when you hear – you know, some of the things and some of the struggles that women have gone through for being a woman, period. And we do know that men benefit from being a man in this world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to kind of take certain things and, and play with that, I really didn't like that. Well, you know, Jeff, I, my thing, is, and I saw someone say that, heard someone say this before, what Bruce Jenner slash Caitlyn Jenner did was not something, you know, people across the country are experiencing that every day. What happened was someone we know, someone who we um, recognize, a celebrity did it. And that, to me, is why it was news. But, you know, I work extensively with the LGBT community and the transgender community. And, you know, for the most part, that population is not welcomed as Caitlyn Jenner was. They're not on the cover of magazines. That population works very hard to get um, the community to accept them. They have very high rates of of, um, 
unemployment and, you know, all the things that happen, homelessness and low wages and all kinds of things because they are not accepted into society as others are. So, you know, maybe it was a good thing that um, Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner because now it may be more acceptable for the rest of the world to do that. But, you know, so, so I look at the media attention as a, as a plus because not for Caitlyn Jenner, but for the millions of other people across America who are struggling with um, acceptance for being right. who they are. So yeah. I would kind of thank for it because the, the real people who I hope will benefit are the people who are living the everyday life as a transgender. Exactly. And, and I think that was my biggest issue because I'm, I'm saying to myself, there's people, I remember growing up, we had those kind of people, the transgender people lived on our block. I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't a huge, I mean, we, of course, when you're young, you don't really recognize what society, the kind of, you know, how society put those, those stigmas on you and the things that, how to discriminate. But as kids, we just saw that as Mr. So-and-so who was Miss So-and-so. And, and so we didn't really trip on that. They was a nice person in the neighborhood. You know, but I hate when stuff is, is really putting that media attention in, and, you know, with a lot of stuff surrounding it and, and the Kardashians, that whole thing. So I really don't want to delve into that. But it, it did kind of touch on sports a little bit. And, and when it's equated to women, I just – I have a lot high regard respect for women and the struggles that you all have went through, seeing my mother, my aunts, and, and other women around who really put in that work and deserve a lot of attention. Uh, that that happens on a daily basis. Nothing's slighting anybody else, but and it's funny because tomorrow, on tomorrow's show, we're talking about the impact of homosexuality on sports, and so that's a topic that a lot of people want to shy away from, but it's something that needs to be talked about because we need to really understand our tolerance level uh, when it comes to that. So that's tomorrow at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll be talking about that. Um, that as well. But hey, I'm your host, your man JT Live, right here on the Rain Top Five Sports Talk Network. We got Crystal Kendrick in the building, president of The Voice of Your Customer. Hey, listen, if you didn't get a chance, you can always go back on demand and listen to this show again and, and listen to some of the stuff that Crystal is dropping on. She's one of the most dynamic people, uh, a quote unquote minority businesswoman that's doing some great things. Um, if you, you, get to her Facebook and you see some of the stuff that she's doing and, and her on Google Plus, you see some of the stuff that she's doing in the Cincinnati area. I'm really proud of her. Um, just with, just thinking back to our days at Temple University, just being, you know, at the dorms and stuff like that. So it's really good to see people as they fast forward and they progress in their lives. And, and Crystal's an inspiration to a lot of us. More than she knows, actually. Uh, yeah. When we do our little work together and stuff like that, a lot of people uh, that see what she's doing really look up to uh, and admire the things that, that uh, she's doing today. Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, my. Now, I, I have the Cincinnati Bengals as – did I do – yeah, I, think I did do my, my picks. And I think I picked Cincinnati to go – third in that division behind the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Crystal, what's, what's Cincinnati? What are they going to do? Well, you know, Jeff, the challenge that we've had in our city for many years, I guess maybe, what, the past eight years is that what the numbers are, is that, you know, we finished slightly above 500, um, either through luck, a wild card, a loss, or actual skill. You know, we get into the first round of playoffs. We always do. We are always very excited. You know, the city turns black and orange. All the lights are on. You know, we're ready for the first game. And we we just don't get past the first game. And I don't know why, because I'm always ready. You know, I, I have my game two of the playoffs outfit ready. I'm ready to go to game two. And um, and we don't make it. So my prayer this year, my hope this year, is that we absolutely make it to the playoffs. You know, if it's wild card, well, okay, we're there. Um, but that we get to round two of the playoffs. We just want—I just want to get to round two. <laughs> I think that's an accomplishment. 
well, that's better than the Bears. We just want to get into the playoffs. <laughs> we want to. We just want to stop finishing last in the division. We just want to, at least you're making it into the playoffs and want to get to round two. And and to be t- totally honest with you, I'm surprised that Marvin Lewis has lasted this long in Cincinnati. Well, you have to know our owner. Okay. You know, Mike Brown is our owner, and right. you know, Mike Brown is is a very good businessman. Mike Brown looks at the dollars and cents, and I have to have respect for someone who, you know, looks at financial decisions. Um, and I think that that Coach Lewis and, and Mike Brown, the owner, get along well. They are on the same page as you will, if you will. And, um, you know, people do what works for them. Everybody doesn't want to be the Super Bowl champion. If you can believe it, I well, guess. I'll tell you this: <laughs> I, I would hope that they want to win the Super Bowl. But you know what, Marvin Lewis? I mean, when he was with Baltimore, I mean, I thought he was a great defensive mind, and he's done some good things. And sometimes you have to speak with that coach just to make sure uh, that 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 at some point you can win the Super Bowl. Because now it's a it's a five year thing, a two year thing, and for most a lot of black coaches, it's one or two years you get, and then you out of there. Absolutely. And so, for him, and one of our Temple alums is now an NFL coach, and I hope you'll have him on if you haven't already. But I mean, you know, I'm cheering for him. I'm cheering for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you want you want to keep those coaches. And you want to you want to hope that they uh, they stay around. And, and I'm glad Marvin Lewis is still there. He's one of the elder statesmen as far as coaching. But it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, to be totally honest with you, Cincinnati Bengals they're they're a team that I, I really enjoy watching when I do watch. I like Adrian Green, Green uh, Andy Dalton's a, a serviceable quarterback, and and you know hopefully they can can make that step and and get over that hump. But it's going to be tough because Pittsburgh is going to be Pittsburgh. Baltimore is going to be tough. I don't know what they're doing in Cleveland. Uh, I, I, I have the facts. For people who know and listen to our show, they know how JT feels about the city of Cleveland and their sports because they definitely, uh, you know, uh, they just don't win at all. Even though they had LeBron back, they still just ain't won nothing. Well, all. you know what? I have to have a lot of respect for a team that makes it to – what did it go, six games in the NBA Finals? I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not, you know, I have a different thought about the participation stickers, you know, when you talked about that earlier. I'll tell right, you my right. thoughts on that in a second. But, you know, Golden State won, and, and I was excited for them. But, you know, I just don't think you can take much away from Cleveland. And, I, you know, it, it just it came down to it. But I'll tell you what I can say about LeBron James is he just gave away I don't know how many millions of dollars to send I don't know how many thousands of children from his neighborhood to college. How about that? That's doubt. Hey, you, you can't – you know what? We had a big discussion about that yesterday uh, in our group, and, and there's some stuff going on about Michael Jordan versus LeBron and, and who is the best at being philanthropic. And at least from what we see in the media – LeBron seems to have MJ beat on that in that area from a publicity standpoint anyway. But a thousand kids scholarships, uh, you can't argue with that. You cannot argue about what LeBron James has done for Northeast Ohio. Mm -hmm. You you talk about a financial impact. That one man has turned that economy around, what he has done for the state of Ohio, what he does for his hometown – you know, there's no doubt about it that he is one of the greatest to play the sport. Now, you know, somebody who's smarter than me can tell you who was the greatest, but he is one of the greatest. But what he has done for Northeast Ohio, I think, is just unprecedented. Him coming home, what that did for the economy of Cleveland, you know, his his philanthropy up there. I, you know, I don't I don't know who else is comparing, so maybe you guys can tell me who else is doing that. Well, Chicago fans just don't like LeBron James because of LeBron James. And so oh. Chicago people are going to always hate on LeBron James because of the Michael Jordan speech. 
but you really can't argue with him on what he does for the community. And I, I admire that the most about LeBron James. And I, I'm not going to say that Michael Jordan didn't give because I know he, he's given. He built a community center here. He does some things on the west side of Chicago and on the south side of Chicago. Kept uh, one of the oldest high schools, Hale Franciscan High School, open. So he's done some things uh, in the city. And a lot of times you don't hear about what Michael Jordan does. But I, I really like LeBron's more upfront and personable uh, approach to how he does things. I, I, I really like that. And and even when MJ was here, I mean, Chicago is a it was pretty much a for the most part I would say a sound economic uh, city. Mm-hmm. So MJ did bring some have an impact on that. But I think for Ohio for the city of Cleveland, and I, I rip Cleveland a lot because I just said they they just a losing city and never won a championship won any sport. You know, it's been a long time since Jim Brown era we won anything really. So we kind of rip them here in Chicago because it's a rival uh, in a sense. But you can't argue with the success that LeBron James had. And I'm glad that he went back to Cleveland. I really am because I thought that was a great move on his part. And, and it showed that he really has some compassion for where he's from. Oh, he does. And, you know, I don't know when Michael Jordan or any other athlete, you know, had the height of their philanthropy. But LeBron still playing, right? He didn't do all of this, you know, five or ten years after he right. – left the game. He's doing this two months after he went six games in the finals of the of the of the sport. So, you know, are, are we compare? I mean, I don't. What's the age difference between LeBron and, and Jordan? Twenty years. Probably twenty years. Yeah. So, you know, I I can't even imagine where LeBron will be twenty years from now. So let's compare apples to apples. Let's not compare someone who's been out of the sport now, you know, for that long and and had that kind of endowment. I mean, for him to think about that stuff is LeBron thirty yet? Uh, just probably not not yet. Probably maybe next year he'll just hit thirty. So who else is doing that at twenty nine or twenty eight? Not too many people. So, so, so hats off to him. Big kudos for him, and big kudos for women in all sports this year. I mean, I just, you know, I hope Time Magazine is listening. But the person of the year should be, you know, the women in sport. And you know, another thing we can think about about women is that this year we have two women who are serious candidates for their party's nomination for president. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we couldn't say we had two serious candidates in years past, and we sure didn't have serious candidates for vice presidency, did we? No, especially not eight years ago. No, not eight years ago. But but this year, <laughs> no matter which party you're on, there are two That's viable right. candidates, uh, two female candidates who are, you know, strong leaders within their party. And, um, you know, that could be something else that that we could think about. It doesn't really affect sports, but it definitely affects women. And I'll be interested to see how many of those women advertise um, during sports for their campaigns. Right? Because a woman voter is going to call the president. That's what they say. You know, we all say Cincinnati calls the president, but, you know, I'm going to go with women this year, not to brag. We know Hamilton County calls the president of the United States, don't we? (laughs) <laughs> but you know what? I'll say this. With 55% of women watching football, I'm sure at some point one of those those candidates will say, you know what, I need to be advertising during a Sunday NFL game, you know, or at some point during the election time. I mean, it, it has to happen in that dynamic. But, hey, people, this is your man, JT Live, right here on the Rank Top 5 Sports Talk Network. Man, this has been an enjoyable show. I always... You know what, I'll say this. I've always enjoyed talking to people who are smarter than me. And so that's how I learned. We try to get guests on our show who are smarter than us because we want people that can teach people and let people know what's going on out here. So we're enjoying Crystal today. Uh, I got some Facebook comments, Crystal today. People are enjoying the conversation and enjoying you. And so that's always a positive uh, on what it is that we're trying to do. So. We really appreciate you coming on to the show today. Hey, TU, you know we alumni. And shout out to, to Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. I, I, I just love my Delta sisters because I know they always put in work. Oh, we do, we do. And, and you know, 
Jack, one other thing that I that I thought about when you all were talking about the participation trophies and so on and so forth, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't necessarily have participation trophies. You know, the winners and the MVPs got what they got. But I think that our coaches, as we do in corporate, um, you know, found ways to recognize accomplishments within individuals. And I say that because we had things like the most improved award, the best team player, the most inspirational or the most motivating or the best scorekeeper or the best statistician. I mean, so I don't know that every person received a, quote, participation trophy, but I did think that it was important that we recognize that every person is not going to be the MVP, but there are, you know, it takes more than just the fastest running player to, to win the game and to have a team. Sometimes it's the, the the support staff, it's the coaches, it's the water boy, it's the person who's willing to share, it's the person who's willing to do some of those other things. So I hope that, you know, parents and coaches of young people and, and all teams really find ways to not just give participation stickers, but to recognize the accomplishments of all. Because I was never personally the MVP of any team. But I was always a team player. I was always, you know, flexible. I was always a lot of other things that shaped my character today and shaped my habits and work today. And um, I hope that people will think a little bit more about how they can recognize specific talents and not just the actual best athlete on the team. Right. And I, I agree with that. And, and I think kids, you know, when I was, I was telling some people when I used to be an exec for, for a nonprofit organization, we gave out just blanket participation awards. And I, and, and I didn't like that because I said, okay, why are we giving these kids these trophies? So, you know, we need to have a meaning behind them instead of just giving them trophies. And then, you know, and, and a lot of it, I'll be honest with you, a lot of, it, a lot of it was revenue generated because it was like, okay, we give kids trophies so that their parents will the next year, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you want the kids to come back. So there was a little carrot, you know, uh, to their philosophy. But I always said, and I agree with what you said, most viable player, most improved player. I love giving out those type of awards because I think those are important. And, and when kids participate, you know, you have your MVPs and, and you have your, you know, your different awards. But there should be meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And, and they should learn from it because, like you said, those other roles are very important in sports. Being a role player, I mean, that's how a lot of people won championships, just the role players that carry them. Absolutely. I mean, LeBron cannot be LeBron if the people aren't there to, you know, treat his medical conditions and, you know, ensure that his things are where they need to be and and all that. And also it it takes the whole team. It's a dedication. It's an effort. I mean, when I think about the Super Bowl team or the Golden State team, did every single person on that team give the exact same effort? But every one of them got that ring, didn't they? Oh, they're going to get that ring. They, every, every person received a ring. So, you know, there, there's some things to it. But you also mentioned one other thing I'm prayerful for in sports, especially when it comes to young children playing football. You know, football is an American icon, and I would hate for it to go away because, um, you know, parents don't want their children to play. But I do hope that technology and rules and policies around the game catch up to the fact that there is proof now that playing some positions in football can damage your body and your mind and your brain. So... I'm not smart enough to know what the technology is around helmets, and I don't know the game well enough to know the certain kinds of hits or how much time is out there and that kind of thing. And I don't know, you know, enough about, um, you know, some of the rules and policies that happen. But, but I know there are people out there who are smart enough, and I'm passionate enough about the sport that it will continue for more generations. So I hope that the NFL and the manufacturers and others are getting together to talk about how they can make this sport safer so that young children will still be interested in playing in the future. Yeah, you know, Chris, you bring up an excellent point because you actually see it. I mean, I see it when my kids play football now. I mean, the coaches, the way they teach tackling, the philosophy about really going down and blocking and hitting people, defenseless players. When I play, you can hit a defenseless player as long as you hit him in his face. You can't do that anymore. You're going to draw a penalty. And I think they're starting at the lower levels. And by the time those guys 
make it to NFL and college level, they'll be so much well trained on what to do because they're really being sticklers about it. I mean, you can't, that tough man football is over with. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty much done. So, and you can see it's the almost like hazing the and sororities and fraternities. That's over. Oh yes, no doubt about it. We did it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's changing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. The world has changed. The world has changed, and we need so, to keep up. And, and, and you better change with it, or you're gonna be left in the uh, left in the dust. Wow, this so, has been so awesome. I hope that your listeners have had as much fun as we've had, because we've had a blast. I, I mean, I, I enjoy it. And, and so when that playoff time come around, mm-hmm. we're going to talk again because we're going to see where the Cincinnati Bengals are. And, and then, you know, we'll see you at the games and stuff like that. And so we'll post your pics on our blog and, and, and make sure that, that we definitely promote you and, and do the things. Uh, that's necessary, but again, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank Crystal for being with us. Crystal, tell people where they can find you. Sure. So uh, again, my name is Crystal Kendrick. I am the president of the Voice of Your Customer. Uh, you can find us on our website at www.thevoiceofyourcustomer.com. You can find us on Facebook and Google Plus and LinkedIn business pages at The Voice of Your Customer in Cincinnati. And you can find me personally at Crystal Kendrick or VOYC. So VOYC is me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Foursquare, you name it. Um, I'd love to hear from your friends and hear from your listeners. And uh, if there's anything more I can do for anybody, don't hesitate to give us a call. Ah, that's my good. Crystal, I appreciate you. Always my pleasure. Hey, y'all, you have a wonderful day, Crystal. Thank you so much. We'll be in contact. I'll definitely be talking to you. Um, and uh, good luck to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, of course. Absolutely. It's who day all day, starting next week. <laughs> all right, no doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Crystal Kendrick. We want to thank her again for being here on our show. Man. You took care of business. Crystal Kendrick is the building. She is here, baby. We had a great time with her on the show today. I want to thank all the Rank Top 5 Sports fans for listening to us on our show today. We had an excellent show. Make sure you check us out tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. We have an all-in conversation on the impact of homosexuality in sports. Make sure you get with that show tomorrow. I know it's going to be jam-packed. Like this jam-packed right now with everybody in the building listening in to the show today. And I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. We appreciate Crystal Kendrick for stopping in with us. Make sure you guys follow us, follow her, voice uh, your customer, man. She's doing some great things. She's got a business. Make sure you do with her. She's giving out some good information. She'll get you to that market that you need to get to. Right here on Rank Top 5 Sports Talk Radio. My man, Pete Cooper. In the building still, but he, he has he was babysitting, man. I'm like, Pete Cook, you babysitting. What's going on, man? He got your own team. He had his own team rolling right then and there. You know, hopefully he's giving our participation trophy. Coop, you get a participation trophy today. You participated in helping out with the kids. But, hey, you know, we want to thank my man, Pete Cook, and all those people that's listening to the show. Mom, so make sure you check us out tomorrow at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're here all week. We're here daily. Every day that podcast season is back. It's in full effect. Shot Town makes the world take. You know, preseason football is going to be kicking off, you know, this Thursday, so there's a lot of stuff going on, so make sure you get to it. Um, you can follow our show on Twitter at Rank Top 5 Sports. You can also like our page on Facebook, Rank Top 5 Sports Talk Network. And if you're interested in getting into a little uh, Facebook group, you know, it's, it's kind of live in there. The people go in, Rank Top 5 Sports Chicago 24-7. That's where we talk all Chicago sports. And actually, this Thursday is our Chicago Locker Room Sports Show. So that's for all our Chicago sports fans. Make sure you get in and you want to talk and, and, and listen to some of the stuff that we talk about in Chicago sports. Chicago Cubs, baby, doing that thing. That's right. Cubs, baby, all day. Y'all know I bleed blue. I like the white socks sometimes. There's lots of Cubs right now. Cubs are taking care of business. I ain't into the lovable loser stuff, but. Cubs are doing their thing, so shot down again. The 
lifestyle coverage. Again, check us out tomorrow at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. You guys have a wonderful day. And be safe out there. No drinking and driving at all. There's one for mad to be on your case. It's your man, J.P. Live, signing off from Rank Top 5, 4, South Man, Welcome.